what I think my, my kind of natural addiction is, is to try to prove to you that I am, I am enough. Podcast Junkies, episode 100. A lot to think about, a lot to process. It's been an amazing journey. I've met so many amazing people. I have so many new friends as a result of starting a little podcast back in April of 2014 because I was inspired at NMX in January of 2014. And so fast forward two and a half years, 90 plus conversations resulting in 100 episodes. There's a couple of solo shows in there as well. And it's an amazing example of what is possible when you follow your passion, when you do something that stretches you out of your comfort zone, when you engage with a community that is giving, like the podcast community is, great things will happen. Get out of your head, start your show, and in no time, you'll be looking back and saying, I can't believe what a ride it's been. I'm excited about the possibilities of what's happening. I'm excited excited about the connections that I've made. I'm excited about the conversations I've, I've had. I'm excited about what I've learned and what I have yet to learn, all because of podcasting. It made perfect sense that I would have the ability to have guest number one come back as guest number 100 as a perfect bookend to the longest season ever. (laughs) 100 episodes, I think it's a great milestone and it gives me a chance to take a quick break with some maybe best of episodes coming up. And reset, recharge, refocus, and give you a season two that's even more kick-ass than season one has been. This conversation you're about to hear is total freewheeling Chase Reeves style. And I knew that's what was going to happen. And that's exactly why I wanted to have him on. We just jump into it. And great things happened. And I'm so proud of this conversation because it really speaks to who I am and, and gives you a taste of you know, what I'm about and what I try to infuse into each show and into each conversation. So forewarned, because it's Chase and because it's Chase and I, it's explicit it's explicit all over the place. So if there's a child nearby, cover his ears or put your head uh, headphones or earbuds on. You're going to laugh. You're going to think. You're going to be moved. And you're going to enjoy this connection between Chase Reeves and myself. I'll meet you at the back end of this for some closing thoughts. <laughs> Why what? not leave that? We already ready to run. <laughs> what 
is up. You want me to turn on my video? I'll yes, show you my. Fu- I'll show you my fucking face. You please son of a do. bitch. Please I'll do. show you my face. We can't do this faceless fucking Game of Thrones man with no face <laughs> thing, man. <Are> you- <laughs> a girl has no face. <laughs> a podcaster has no face. Yeah, that's right. How the fuck are you, man? I'm good. How are you? Good. You gonna play something on that keyboard behind you? Dude, you wish. <laughs> you fucking wish. It's my favorite thing. Yeah, I love it. I, that's why I have studio times. I turn that on and I just make beats. <laughs> that's funny. It's have, the shit. What's going on? What's new? I'm anti-hustling. You're anti-hustling. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Well, for me, for me, that's always been like I've always been like I wish I could live my life the way i feel like after i've had one glass of wine like that yeah. that like <laughs> it gets that's it, that thing the anxiety goes away and then just like oh what the fuck am i stressing out about like just yeah. kind of take a chill pill and i don't know i feel like yeah I do it I, it's, it's a big deal man that's the whole being creative thing is, is just like like being creative you cannot be creative from a fight or flight you know mentality from yeah. like the anxiety mode the fear of what if this doesn't work out like totally. you can't be creative from that so you're not going to have ideas that come in from left field you, that anxiety it can help because that's the in some ways that that's a part of that's kind of beautiful too and it helps you get shit done right it helps you pull it through it helps you make it better it helps you do this that and the other but you need that like total play mode that total like just disconnect and fucking none of this shit matters anyways and finger painting in my dad's big shirt or whatever right like you know when you get the shirt on backwards like you're a little kid and you're fucking finger painting like you need that like i find that that i'm so grateful for that for like it can get me in a little bit more of that mode normally that just means i'm watching documentaries or looking through my tumblr or something like that i'm just doing inane completely pointless work and i think that that is like an investment to invest in pointless work me is like is is a good thing not a bad thing because the work that has a point like it makes that stuff better later you know well you were talking about on fizzle uh that you take this walk and and you were saying it's like an uh, non-productive like i don't do anything it's the most yeah. useless time but in reality i mean you know that it really is the most important time because if you didn't have that you wouldn't have that space you know that all, expansiveness yeah we totally. all we all need the space to think about to not think about all the shit you know that we do I, i'm thankful for my dog because i stare at him and then it's like okay time to walk you mm-hmm. in, in the day and i'm working from home and i was like i gotta get out i mean yeah. thankfully i have palm trees to stare at here yeah. <laughs> and, when I, and when i do the walk i was like oh shit i get it you know i was I, yeah I, even a day could go by and i could forget it yeah no it, it, that, what i found is is like everything in my life right now is i'm trying to hone it and optimize it for maintaining this sense of presence and peace and uh whether it's i haven't read eckhart tolle but it's probably something that's bang on inside of that vein um and and that where that where I see that very clearly is in my relationship with my wife and my relationship to myself or whatever, right? But like it's like maintaining that presence throughout the day. I'm constantly little pruning. What I've learned is it doesn't like come and find you and then you get to be in it for a while, you know, and everything's good. It it you're the one that leaves it. Like in, for me, in all of these little tiny decisions that I make throughout the day, I'm either like I'm either participating in the spirit of life or. I'm being greedy. Like it's one of the, it's one or the other, basically, you know, or selfish or stupid in some sort of way, like it's small minded in some stupid way. So like I could fucking jack off and be super connected to like to everything or I could do it and be super greedy and fucking and needy. Right. Like it and it's it's all this very delicate fucking silly little balance uh, of 
of those little moments, but it adds up. So it, 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 it's always, it's Mr. Miyagi just pruning the fucking bonsai tree. That's all. Every day. Just li- and none of it's real big. None of it's real big. But you're just, tr- I'm just trying to maintain that sense of like, ah, like here I am. And it's like whatever comes through the door, like I can deal with it. I, I, I can see it clearly. I can, I can attune my, I'm attuning myself to the spirit of life is the way I put it right now. Cause I'm fucking cheesy as shit right now. But, uh, that is, that's like what I'm, that's what I'm aiming everything at. That's what I want to do. You know? I mean, I personally don't think this attuning to the spirit of life is cheesy at all. I'm, I'm I just have this transition, you know, and, and maybe the plant medicines have helped over the yeah. time, yeah. but this awareness that this, this idea of, and I don't know how to explain it more clearly than this idea of like love and light to like, uh, if I have to make a tough decision, I'm like, what would someone from a position of love and light do? Yeah, and maybe totally. it's, it's play on like, what would Jesus do? But yeah, totally. I, I need, if I put myself into that mindset, the, the answer comes out so clearly yeah. and it without ego yeah. that, that you're just like, oh, oh shit. Like, oh yeah, I love that. Of, of course that's what I would do. That's awesome. Yeah. And I think that that's the kind of thing that's like, uh, I don't know, it's, it's crazy to try, try to to balance this all because we all sound like such fucking silly little nincompoops, but I'm way into it. I love it. I think it's fun. Yeah, I mean, I'll, people call it like woo-woo and shit like that, but I think, I don't know what you're seeing, but I'm noticing like a trend towards, you know, even guys being in touch, with whatever you want to call it, with their feminine side or something, mm-hmm. just be more open and open-hearted and, and, yeah. and, and you find that when you do that, you quickly find out like who resonates with that and who doesn't. Yeah. And yeah. my objective, I think, in, in life lately is to just move towards more of the people that resonate with that yeah. and be with those people because that's the fucking people I want to hang out with, right? Mm-hmm. Those are the people yeah. that lift me higher. Yeah. And I'm wondering if you've noticed that like, a, as a change or in terms of like, who you're associating yourself with as you, as you move you know, into that space. You know, I actually don't notice much of a, of a change there. I just had a call right before this with a guy um, who he's been like teaching about this kind of stuff for a really long time. Um, the last decade i guess and so we get it's fun talking with him because he's kind of fluent in it you know what i mean and and we can kind of like i don't know like i'm very much a student and brand new to a lot of this um so and i'm kind of on this journey like on my own for like my wife isn't isn't deep uh, like into the she doesn't really this doesn't mean as much to her as it does to me, right? To me, it means a lot because it's my work. It's my ability to love. It's my ability to feel connected to her, to my son, to myself, to, to the world. Like it, in that, like now that I'm, I've kind of got a taste for feeling connected to, to her, to like loving, to trusting her and like feeling love from her and like accepting that and feeling accepted for how I am. You know what I mean? Rather than being, am I doing a good enough job so that she doesn't have to leave me or something like that. Do you know what I mean? Or that I don't have to leave her, right? It's a different thing. And now that I've got a taste for that, and that's also like you're just constantly pruning. It's not, you're never like fully arrived. You're always just kind of working on it. But I, I've got a taste for that now. So it really feels boring when I don't have, when I'm not playing with that. This is like my action adventure sport. You know what I mean? This is like my like base jumping. It's like staying connected and and you know you use the word open hearted. That has been my word. Like I am op- trying to optimize my day for as like to, I do everything that I need to do to be as open hearted as possible. And I make money on the internet, right? And I have a company that like is working, and uh, and so I have a lot of freedom with how I do that. So I can take two hours like this morning on a, going a walk. And then half of that was a call with a guy. And then now I'm talking with you. None of this is productive, right? Which is, a, which is in stark contrast to, to like, 
what I think I'm addicted, what I, I, my, my kind of natural addiction is, is to try to prove to you that I am, I am enough. Do you know what I mean? To try to prove to you that like I'm worth loving or that I'm worth anything, you know? Um, instead, now it feels much more like, like kind of walking out from a place of security. Um, and I can't, I can't teach that. It just happened to me. Like I couldn't tell you what that's like. It's just a real fundamental difference. You know, for me personally, everything is different when I'm in that mode. And that is that mode where I'm kind of connected to, to, to Melissa, to the, what I'm in a very cheesy way calling the spirit of life or whatever, right? Just the sense of like sacredness that we all have just simply by existing. You know, uh, there's this, there's this, um, uh, Christian guy that I, I still really love called, um, Rob Bell, who he, he said this thing once it was, it was the first word ever spoken about you wasn't, inconvenience it wasn't like piece of shit it wasn't like oh shit oh fuck you know what I mean? we got to deal with this now it was exist and i i felt like that that really that stuff like i don't know what i felt the first time i heard it but i said it so many times now because it's still bouncing in my head that um you know on the fizzle show like i i said something in that anti-hustle episode about you know hustles hurting us and uh, I said something like, I, maybe you can't actually be more significant than you already are. And what I mean by that is there's nothing you can do to be more important because there's only, like significance is binary, maybe. What if significance and importance is binary? You either exist or you don't, right? And what do you do right now? Well, you get to say like, I exist because you do exist. You know what I mean? You're an I who's watching itself. Um, and I think... I think that to me, because my addiction is like trying to, per, to, to perform, to make, you know, daddy love me or something like that, right? And, and, but, but daddy's the whole world. Um, because that's my addiction. The, uh, the, I don't know, the journey to, to that, that message is very transformational. That like, what if, what if daddy already loves you? <laughs> and what if, what if you're all, like, you could never be better than you are. Like what if like if on that meaning because I'm I can be better as a comedian I can be better as a writer I can be better as an artist right but the thing is is I'm confusing better as an artist with better as a as as a a thing you know what I mean as like as a thing that exists and and the truth is like if you like for for me it's a big deal to try to think of it as like I'm already as great as I can ever be at 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 being alive you know at at, at being worthy of of being enjoyed of being you know, I don't know, just having a spot at the table, right? Like that, like nobody gets to fuck with that spot at the table. That's Chase's spot. Everybody knows that. That's Chase's spot. He sits there. You know what I mean? Like have someone fight for you like that? I've never, I don't, I, that's what I want. That's what I've felt. That's what I've, that's what I've always wanted, right? So anyways, uh, that, that, that idea of like, maybe that's already happening. That's already happened. Do you know what I mean? You, they fought, someone fought for you at, for the seat at the table. The only seat that ever matters. So go do whatever the fuck you want and have as much fun and enjoy yourself as much as possible because, yeah, you can be a better artist. Get into it if that it turns you on. You know, yeah, you can be a better writer or comedian or performer or, or entrepreneur or whatever or leader or, or friend or husband. Get into it if it turns you on. And, and, and so it's very different for me to be working at that from the perspective of this is what I enjoy versus this is um, I need to do this in order to be worthy, you know? 
Yes, powerful ideas right there because a lot of what drives everyone in the space, and I mean, I, I don't want to really talk even that much about anything entrepreneurial because I just, you know, because yeah. it's, it feels like we beat it to death because what happens is a lot of what you see on the surface speaks to who they are as a person underneath that and maybe, you know, you can almost yeah, predict like totally. wh- how they live their lives because by virtue of what the presence you see there. So, you know, to your point, like cutting away this bullshit of like, if we all did that and we all like came from like our true selves and like, and, and it really, really came from a place of trying to, to help one another, you know, there yeah. would be so much less bullshit out there. And I think mm. we'd see much more people it, having this sense of like trying to, to help your fellow neighbor in all aspects, whether it's like the homeless guy on the street or whether it's the guy online or whether it's the, the woman in your building with the groceries. I mean, I, I think it's just a mind shift that's slowly happening. I'm in, but in my mind, probably not as fast as I'd like to see it. Yeah, and, and I, but I think, you know, I think you can look back 200, 300 years and you'll watch guys be like, you know, the, 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 I'm, not familiar, I'm not comfortable with this term like waking up, but it is a kind of an apt metaphor for like what's happening to, yeah. to me and to you or whatever. Like you feel like a kind of, this is like the words that they used in like the 60s, you know, with the psychedelic movement and stuff like that. And, and it is feel, it does feel a lot to me like an awakening. And, it, and I, I'm sort of embarrassed by that. But at the same time, like I'm, I'm really okay with it because it, it feels honest enough. But I think you could probably look back 200, 300 years and, and see people sort of talking like this, maybe maybe thousands of years, yeah. and going like, it's not happening as fast as I wanted it to. Do you know what I mean? That, so in some ways, one of the things that I learned from, from like the, the Zen Buddhist side of things, like Alan Watts, is, is there's no point. There's no purpose. Like This isn't going anywhere, right? You don't get, you're not going to get a grade, right? You're not going to get a grade one way or the other. So you, this is it, right? And so for me, this is... This isn't like I'm not I'm not staying connected to my wife and and to that spirit of life or whatever or, or that sense of presence because because it's going to change something as much as like because like I just have to I just this is the most interesting engaging fun um, enjoyable meaningful thing that I can do right now it's like if I find something that feels more meaningful like I'm going to do that right but this thing is fucking up my whole life Harry. Like, it's fucking everything up now. You know what I mean? Like, I don't have quite as many projects on the table as I used to. I'm like, I'm fucking, I'm a hair's breadth away from getting really involved politically in some shit because I just kind of can't, it's really, it's starting to physically, like, it's starting to feel really, like, uh, emotionally painful to me That's that when I, when I hear about people who are, like, just treated, like, without dignity and I'm like, I get, re- I'm like, really, like, what the fuck? Like, we can't do that, yeah. you know? So now I got... I got that I got to fucking think about, you know, this bullshit. Um, and I, like, I don't want to be, I, I'm like activated about this shit. And I'm like, turn it off. I just want to go back to what's on Netflix tonight. Well, it's, you know it's, I mean? it's the Matrix, right? It's Neo. It's like the red pill, blue pill. You, you take it and you're like, oh, shit. I didn't yeah, want it, I want it, the steak. I want the wine. Yeah, the like, steak. <laughs> the steak. That's right. That's right. And I, but at the same time, like, the truth is, it, it, it's, um, it's hard. It, it's painful in some ways, but it's only painful to the old me because the, the new me, it, it, I'm literally like Melissa calls me like Chase 2.0. Like I fixed the dishwasher the other day. Like I just fucking didn't have anything else to do. So I fixed the dishwasher. And she's like, whoa, Chase 2.0 is useful. Um, and, <laughs> like because I would just I would always be like, I don't know if I can call someone. I'm not this is not my area of expertise. Yeah. All right. I know how to make Web pages. 
All right. So did you uh, you look it up? I mean, YouTube. Did you no, videos yeah, yeah, I fucking totally looked it up. I was like, all right, I'll get my hand in here. Oh, some some gross stuff. I got some gross stuff, and I was like, let's see if that works. No, that didn't work. Oh, back to the drawing board. Let's look up some YouTube. And so I was on YouTube. I'm pulling the fucker apart. I get in there. I flick the little thingy and. Yeah, it works now. So, <laughs> but that's a, that's a feeling of accomplishment, right? That's, no, but even then, like it doesn't, it doesn't even matter because it didn't feel like much work to do. You know, like and that's a big difference for me to just go like, this is just about as enjoyable as watching a show on Netflix, which is like my favorite thing in the world. Watching YouTube videos and Netflix, I, I am in love with the fabric of culture, yeah. the people who are making it right, and whether it's like you know someone like Louis C.K. all the way over there or someone like. I don't know, Taylor Swift all the way down here. I'm, I'm just, I think it's all very interesting because it's like, I, I just see, the, it, I see how it works on me, right? And I see how it works on, on so many people, like on everybody, But there's, right? there's, a, there's a catch. There's a, there's a curation aspect to this because there's so much shit out there and I've done it recently with my Facebook page, like, un, like unfollow, 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 yeah. unfollow, like yeah, yeah. crazy, like, like, like the consciousness Man, stuff. I made the mistake of just like, <laughs> I, now I don't accept friends on Facebook unless you have like, I have like two friends with you in common, right? I made the mistake early on of just like, you know, when you're building a business, you're doing the Facebook thing, like you're just accepting shit, right? Oh, sure, this is good. I've got a platform and it's growing. And I'm like, what the fuck? I look at it like a year later. I'm like, this is so stupid. I don't know any of these people. None of this matters to me at all. So I've done the same thing. And I don't know how to unfriend, but I know how to unfollow. Unfollow, so just, yeah. That's every right. time yeah. I'm just like, bah, 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 bah. So now Facebook is still just like, I go in there to do a little bit of work to unfollow people. And eventually I'll see like, you know, a cute baby picture of like my friend's new baby or whatever. I just did that on Instagram too, where I, yeah. I, I unfollowed everybody except for Basically, the 10 people who are, live, who are actually living extraordinary lives, they're not just like looking like they live extraordinary lives to me personally, just to me personally. Right? They, and they're people that inspire and interest me. So a lot of my friends, like it felt really, felt really shitty, like friends I care a ton about, my best friends unfollow like what i can't do that you know what i mean <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah but but if it, it, i'm hoping that it makes it so far it's made instagram really interesting for me to open up and because there's only like 10 updates every time i get in there right yeah, totally. and two ads you know what I mean? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but right before that what were we talking about fixing the uh well, fixing well, the, the, oh, yeah and you, watching youtube videos and being inspired yeah. by people you're seeing like yeah. the gamut of what's happening with the creativity I, I mean i saw your your link about uh uh bill murray talking yeah and, yeah Wow, man, I I'd never seen him in that light. You know, oh, when, yeah. when he gets introspective, like you have to listen because he's so th on the opposite end of the spectrum the majority of the time of what the, what everyone sees. And so when he totally. takes a moment to think about those questions that Charlie was asking, I was like, oh shit! Like, dude, it was it was like you're right because his personality, yeah. you're expecting everything else, and you get this like really gentle, like peaceful giant, and you're just like, what the fuck is happening? Like, why is like, like, really, like, kind of longing, like a sort of sorrow in him. Yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? You yeah. see that sort of sorrow like in him. In his like, eyes, right? And I'm like, oh my god, oh my god, what is happening? Like, I got so into it, right? I, I loved that too, man. I need to find more of that interview. That was a good interview. You know, another thing I watched recently that I loved was Bo Burnham's stand-up special on Netflix called Make Happy. I think it's like the, I think it's like uh, the smartest. Uh, it's just really smart. It's really angry and aggressive, uh, and and so like I'm not like crazy about. Some of that, but I don't give. I don't care because it's so smart. It's so good. It's about platform. It's about audience and performer. That relationship there, and um, and it's brilliant. I loved it. I think you'd probably dig it. Yeah, I'll definitely look it up, and I'll. I'll yeah, I, I I have to make 
time to consume content that I feel is just going to open me up, um, give me a different perspective, you know, have yeah. me see things that, you know, I might not have. That's why I trust, you know, I find, when I find people that are consistently linking to good things like you do, you know, then yeah. you become like a trusted curator. And I was like, okay, then I, I'll give them that time because there's so much shit out there, right, that we don't know mm. what mm. the yeah. wheat from the chaff sort of thing. But I think more and more, if you surround yourself with good curators, I think you can rely on them to, to give you content that inspires you. Totally. Yeah. I, I, like my, my favorite example of this is Brain Pickings, um, which is a website that's about the creative process, basically. And she's just finding quotes from books. And I love it. I, I mean, I don't even frequent it that often. I just love that it's out there. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I, read, I, read the, I read the heading in the email and I'm like, because she, she does the, the one line recap of every story. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. well, that looks like it would be a good read. But I don't have 45 <laughs> minutes. Totally. <laughs> like, totally. Yeah, and, I, and they're all bookmarked. They're all yeah. in my favorites. And, you know, I imagine I... I'm gonna. She's gonna. She's gonna release a book at some point if she hasn't already. I don't know. The, the hard, like the hard thing is to not feel guilty for that, right? Because you yeah. know, like when you did when you've done this enough, I've done that so much, Harry, that I know I'm never gonna read it. Yeah. Um. I know that I never will, and so now I don't even bookmark it. I do add things to my Insta paper because every once in a while I'll be on vacation or something, and I don't know what what to and and I got so deep into articles from Wait But Why because it's a, which is a great blog Wait But Why. I, and I had like 10 or 15 articles in, in my Insta paper that were just like, save these for later to read. And that whole trip in Mexico, I was just, I was so deep in that stuff. I was loving it. I'm so glad that I had those things saved because it's changed like my life, like listen, reading some of that shit, right? So, so there's some things that, that do like, you know, one day become these happy little accidents. But by and large, most of the time, it's just like some bullshit that I'm going to have to delete later on. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of Mexico, you mentioned you were inspired by uh, the Anthony Bourdain. Oh, Mexico <laughs> City, dude. Fuck. That was so heavy. Yeah. It, was, it was really, really heavy. Like it was, I, I, for some reason, it really connected what it, what it, like, what it must feel like to not, to not have a voice, to not have a chance, to not have an opportunity, to not, for a kid that they're, the, the, the literally the, the trusted, the most trusted and best way for them to earn some money is to get into the drug trade, yeah. you know, just to be like a, a running boy or, or something like that. And then, you know, what success looks like then is you just keep moving up that ladder. Like you're not going to make a lateral leap and become a soccer player. You know, it's either soccer yeah. or fucking drug stuff is what it feels like, you know, and I think maybe that's really simplified, but at, at the same time, like that exists as, as a truth for for anyone on the world, it's just like, it's starting to really be painful, you know, that that is a reality for, for, for that it could be a reality for anyone. Cause I have so much privilege. I have so much opportunity. Oh, yeah. I have so much I'm, choice. Yeah, we all do, right? You know what I mean? Like I, now I'm, I'm, I'm fucking around with this whole, like, you know, uh, you know, Ram Dass, uh, be here now sort of bullshit from the perspective of a guy who's, who's been a part of a great team building a company and I've got income coming in, whether or not I do anything on my, on my business today. Right. doesn't mean it'll be here tomorrow, but I can, I can take time. Right. So I have, I have, I think it makes so much sense that a lot of like famous actors and actresses and, and people in Hollywood and, and people who figure out the money thing. And that be, that becomes less of a uh, of a thing that is um, that's just what you have to work on and deal with. You know what I mean? When, like so, for me, for the first time, I, I feel very much like you know, I'm realizing how free I am mm -hmm. in that in that capacity. I would never speak about it that way, it, it, you know, flippantly because 
I see exactly how hard I'm working on this shit. I see exactly how much fucking work I put into this and why I'm the guy who's doing this and not some other kid, right? Because I fucking worked my ass off. I was infatuated with, with design, with music, with technology, with using cameras, with all, like it was the most interesting drug to me, right? And now I'm here. Now I'm doing that for a living. And I just, I, like, in some ways I really lucked out. In some ways I totally earned this, you know? But whatever, whatever, uh, regardless of that, like, I'm in this situation right now where today and for the past four, four months, like, I, I'm relatively past the, the fear and insecurity of money stuff, that, that primal sort of, you know, thing. And, and so I get to play on these, on these issues. I get to think about them. I get to be sacred about the, the, you know, the, the existence of all fucking creatures, right? I get, to, I get to sort of play with that. I get to f- have fun in life. Right. It around that because my life is a fucking circus. Like it's not like nobody's dying right now, you know, even though people have died. Right. Even though I've gone through the hardest shit in the world. Right. I, I like that's it, for some reason, this all feels very natural for me. And I know that some people are just dreaming, dreaming about being able to put that like spoiler on their car. Do you know what I mean? Because that really means something in their in their where they are. Right. That really, like, that's just beyond their reach. And that would mean something, like, important, you know? And even though I think that's silly. I think that's super silly, right? But I know what it's like to be in a fucking clique or a little little sub-community where silly shit matters a lot, right? You know, I've been in in a lot of those. You know, stupid fucking, (laughs) stupid kid stuff. Um, Or or just, like, really serious hardcore and metal and punk stuff. Or musician stuff, right? Or whatever. So, I just see my privilege in being able to play with these ideas and that is a little bit troubling but it's barely troubling because um i'm just grateful that i like hey I, at least i'm i'm going this way and not the other way <laughs> do you know what i mean not turning into a, a trump or something like that you know what i mean <laughs> not turning into into what really like my 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 class wants to turn me into you know where i'm from too like well i am from the upper middle class more of the, more on the upper than the middle right even though dad and grandpa were self-made men and 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 they they did start with some some like nest egg stuff, but like even that like that puts them in a class and category way above everybody else. I just don't see that opportunity. I just don't. I don't think most people have that opportunity like as a reality, you know, to like actually come from nothing to become something. You can do that in the arts, right? You can do that when you you want it better than anyone else, and you you're fucking Kanye West, and you you really were just a fucking street kid, right? But you had some kid, you had some, you had a mom who loved you and whatever, right? Like, and and you got vision and you did the thing, because you were hungry as fuck. You do that in arts, you can do. I think you can do it with with the internet, right? Because the because everybody's into something. And hell, those fucking Hello Kitty things that you're all about, like that, you could create a little community there. That that might matter, you know, in some meaningful way. Um, and I love all of that. And I just think I kind of feel like we're as a species so far beyond this survival stuff but we're still behaving in the survival stuff. You know what I mean? We're still like, we're still like, no, there's not enough resources for everybody. No, you really, you really got to fight for this. If you want it, you got to fight hard. You got to fight. Yes, boss. Yes. I'm going to do it, boss. I could do it. Alan Greenspan on like the guy who's like, you know, sort of, I don't know, helped our economy be so strong, I guess, uh, or whatever, or made it fall apart. One of the two testifying to Congress going like, listen, the way that I, I was successful in this was, I made workers insecure. I made them feel like if they didn't work, they were going to get fired. It's horrible. And that someone else is going to, like, but that's how you make strong businesses. That's how you do it. 
right? That is actually the key to a strong businesses is a working class who's like, I really need this job. I really fucking need this job, right? And I just, I look at that whole thing and I go, this whole system's so goddamn rigged. I'm so pissed off about it, but I don't know enough yet, you know? So, so I'm just- Well, it's, uh, it's a can of worms, right? Because you start those yeah. discussions with people, you know, who know maybe just a little bit more about you and, the, and they start pulling out these arcane facts and figures and they start oh, yeah. making your head spin. And you're like, well, have you thought about this and the impact of this? And you haven't really looked at, you know, the, the influence of the German, you know, structure. I mean, I'm reading some stuff about like how- the education system came from Germany because, and it was implemented in a way so that we could create people that would fit well into the nine to five like assembly line. And literally, yeah. like it, the assembly line started in school. And then because we we have to, yeah. how, do, how do we educate these kids so that they can become factory workers? Yeah, and that was and, Seth Godin had like a talk about that at yeah. some somewhere that was he did he did a great job of like in twenty minutes, sort of making you feel like. How absurd is this? How fucking stupid and absurd is this? And it does feel like we're like we're past we're past that. Yeah. Like we we if we look around and I guess because I live I'm living in the creative class like where 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 we live and die on our ideas on our on our on our output on our um and that and that is in like in like whether or not it resonates whether or not it clicks whether or not it it, it makes someone cry or laugh whether or not it it um it gets them a result of some kind you know or something like that. That's sort of that's the only lens that I can really see professional work through in, in some way. So I'm not thinking in terms of iPhones and TVs. Um, I'm thinking in terms of like what's on the TV. You know, what, what, who's making that? Who's making that show? That movie? That like like does it resonate? Because I just I lo- I've always loved that side of things. And so in that world, like I don't know, like it doesn't take very like it takes like you got to be ten years in this thing before you realize you realize how much of a game it is. And and that there's like those guys that you thought were the fucking best. They weren't. They were awesome, but they had a great fucking team. <laughs> Do you yeah. know what I mean? And that was an idea they sat on for a decade, mulling it over as they were doing other shit. Before you know, like that was famously the story of, of um, of True Detective first season, right? Apparently, it was the guys. Uh, it was the guys. I have a I have a buddy who went to creative writing school with the guy who wrote wrote that, hmm. um, and he was writing that fucking fifteen years ago. You're thinking about it all, you know, and that's why it's so beautiful. Yeah. That's why it's so fucking perfect, you know, because like there, because he, he had been thinking about it for a while. So in, in the world of, of sci-fi, which I love the world of sci-fi, um, even though I'm, I'm still a novice in it, I'm, I'm reading everything that I can, right? Sci-fi and fantasy. George R. R. Martin, right, is a great example of Song of Ice and Fire. He's writing them and publishing them as they're coming out, right? Which is bananas. Which is crazy. <laughs> but you compare that to one of George R. R. Martin's heroes, Gene Wolfe who um, had this little seven book, uh, five book or seven book, The Earth of the New Sun uh, series, but he didn't publish any of it till it was all done and all rewritten and edited. And so the whole fucking thing is this like million piece puzzle that fits together perfectly. It's incredible. And the books aren't even that big, yeah. but it's, it's, it's like really, like it's the kind of book you could, I, the kind of books that I know that I'll be able to read for the rest of my life. And be getting shit from every single time I read read it. I've only read them through once so far, and and like all I have is just like a mystery and intrigue and, and curiosity about like I can't wait to read that again. Like I can't fucking wait to read that again. Those you know? are some of the best books I've had that happen with like Stephen King's, like The Stand, for example. Like oh, I start- The Stand is so good. <laughs> I'm oh like, my god. I feel like I have to take notes when I start. I'm like, okay. 
it's like fucking 30 characters. He Dude, starts did you do fleshing the, out. The Dark Tower? Did you do that series? I started that. I haven't finished that. Okay, but it's I, really yeah. hard to start. Yeah. It's real. I mean, it's really hard to get through the first like two yeah. books yeah. or at least the first one. First one's basically, it's a walk through the desert where he's following, we're yeah. slowly getting closer to whoever's up. You know, it's like really <laughs> fucking long. But I swear to God, that, that whole series is one of the best I ever read. So good. Yeah. I don't know how Stephen King, he, what a great example of like someone who is just in the in the popular world, but he's fucking killer. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? That shouldn't happen. You know, you should be in the popular world and not be killer. Like the most killer you are in the popular world is maybe like Beyonce, who's fucking killer, right? She's amazing, but you understand why it's popular. Yeah. Right? You, you like you could you're looking at it and going, like, yeah, I see, like you're you're playing the game, you like, you know, like like that. I feel it's really clear in in like pop stars and reality TV shows, like celebrities or whatever, right? It's really clear to see like the game that they're playing. Um, but with the authors and writers, like to be like I feel like um uh what's his name? Who does the uh who's teaching the course for that uh, master class thing on writing? Uh, Patterson, James Patterson, mm. right? James Patterson. Right? I, I always imagine like a boiler room full of writers and he's got a whiteboard on the front and he's like, we're going to go this, 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 and this. You're, and the number of your seat, you're writing that chapter in this section up here. Go. It's like you know, mix you know? and match. Yeah, yeah totally. And, but he's doing it, but he's massively popular, right? Because his books are good. They're page turners. But there's something so much more to Stephen King to me. Not yeah. to say that James Patterson doesn't have some awesome pieces, but like I love the idea when something amazing gets popular i'm like my mind is broken right because nothing nothing amazing should get popular everything amazing should be like seen as amazing by the people who like are at that place where they can see that it is amazing but the masses loving this thing it's almost too much you know what i mean i get to for me because it just doesn't happen to so many things that i think should be amazing right and uh so it's always like this weird amazing like celebrate like a a celebration for me uh even as it's sort of like sad for all the other things that were were so killer and they didn't didn't make it in the i don't know i bring that up except for the fact that like i spend a lot i'm i'm constantly thinking about about popularity and quality you know well i mean the way i i do it sometimes is i as i need it's this idea of like uh surrounding yourself with like people that are where you want to be and maybe an aspect of jim rome like associating yourself with the five most successful people so for me like i read stuff that i almost don't understand because it's so like you know brain heavy and i gotta think and i'm like how the fuck do you write a story like this how do you compose it how many years does it take i mean to your point 15 years for true detective but i'm just like i want to be like at least in the vicinity of like greatness and it starts by reading it and maybe like going to see them speak or something like that but just like how does like a mind work like that? Like, you know, I've read some, uh, I don't know if you read De- Dave Eggers, you know, and, and, yeah. and sometimes totally. he, he writes and I'm yeah. like, his, phrase, name, yeah. his phrasing is like, oh, Jesus Christ, that was so well written. And yeah, just and it's like, just such an interesting, like, so, well, it's so interesting that you would focus on that. Like, why? I'm blown away. Like, I would have never thought to talk about that part of this. You know what I mean? Yeah. I love, I love that. Him and David Foster Wallace, who've only read one book of, and even that, like, I just kind of like infinite jest. I was like, I got to try. Infinite jest is like, it's like, it's like, I don't know. It's, you got to try. But I did. I, I did the audio book and I, I checked out for a lot of it because I, honestly, you really have to care about David Foster Wallace to give that thing its due. You really do. Like, it feels really 
Really, but I like I like I like I've, I've just devoured every interview I can find with the guy. Yeah, because I just love. I resonate so much with the way he thinks, and and I just think he's he's fascinating, super fascinating. Same thing with Dave Eggers. I think he's super fascinating. Do you find that when you're in that vicinity, or, or you're consuming some of that content, that you just naturally start to find like other things like that, or in that related? Oh yeah, yeah. Because yeah, I mean, if you go into Dave Eggers, and then you're finding David Foster Wallace, and you're finding fucking John or Tiffany or some shit, you know, and you, it just never ends, right? That's why like I've gotten really comfortable. Uh, surpri- like surprisingly comfortable for me. Like, uh, who would I used to be able to like learn about those pockets of culture or the world and just go like, oh fuck, we gotta move, dude. We gotta move. <laughs> I gotta get into this. This feels like the sh- like the shit. This feels like the shit, man. And uh, and now I'm 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 sort of more convinced about the reality of my life than theirs. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Hmm. Like I'm sort of like, oh, that's so cool, and and I love it. And it can just stop there for me. <laughs> like it's never done that before. <laughs> well, isn't isn't there an aspect of that to where maybe you believe that you can sort of create a, a miniature version of that in the world that you live or, in? Or or here's my new trick. My new trick is this. Like, so I'm getting kind of turned on by like realizing like I got to get involved. To I got to help people. I got to help people who like you know when we were talking about the 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 wealth gap or or whatever things like that. I got I got I got to do something about. It. I don't know. I don't know what. I'm just, but my trick is this. Listen, I'm not going to be like X and fill in the blank here, but I can Y fill in the blank. Right. So I'm not going to be like. It's not like I'm going to be Martin Luther King or some shit. Right. But I can host a screening of a of a Noam Chomsky film mm-hmm. with, for my friends, right? But I can fill in the blank. Like, right? I love that. I feel like that just unlatches the frontal lobe of my brain from this whole, like, I'm a high performer. Watch me perform. I'm performing highly. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I am one, I'm special. I'm a special person. I know it. Fucking swear to God, my mom told me, but it's even more important than that. Like, I know I'm special. Like, which is let, just, me, let me show you how special I am. I'm going to fucking be special at you, bitch. Like, watch me go. I'll specialize right? the shit out of you. Yeah. I, I, but that's so deep in me. as I can make fun of it, but I'm such a perfectionist. I, fa- I think so highly of myself. I really consider myself extremely capable, right? And, and, and I'm, I'm like, as I'm, I'm embarrassed by that, I'm also like, fuck it. I don't know. You got you to think highly of yourself to, to try to come out of the status quo and like try anything. You know what I mean? Like I always talk about this necessary delusion to be an entrepreneur. Because I'm always talking to entrepreneurs, small-time entrepreneurs, people who want to like want to make it and like do their own thing. And I talk about there's this necessary delusion that you have to have to kind of go like, like to reach escape velocity to get out of the orbit that you're stuck in, right? Where where the orbit that you're stuck in says like, well, try to get a promotion at the job. Well, you know, maybe like instead of working for this company, work for the competition. Like, well, maybe like you know, try a different job. Or whatever, right? That's the the orbit that you're stuck in. Whereas escape velocity looks more like like looking at it from a ten thousand foot view, or, or or whatever. You want like maybe you really are sensing this voice in you that's like, I want to fucking try this thing, like and really do it. But it, I would look stupid. I would look dumb if it failed, you know. But like this, that, and the other, right? So there's this necessary delusion to believe in yourself enough to kind of get out of orbit and and do the thing. But that can really bite us in the ass yeah. later on because you gotta you gotta you gotta smoke what you're selling right in order to get out of it but then if you just stay high on that like you're you're you have to then start interacting with the real world and the real you 
And I, that's why I, I still love business, creative business of all kinds, because I think it's, it's where I've worked out more of who I am than, than anywhere else. It's just another place where I get to perform and make art and try the things that I like and just fuck with stuff and just fiddle yeah. with things. Right. Um, so there's, there's this, this, uh, I, I think a problem that we all have where, where, we can call it perfectionism or whatever, but we we think we can see so clearly all the celebrities, all the successful people, and we can go like, oh, I want to do it like Marin. Yeah, that's how I want to do it. And so we start today acting like Marin. We don't start today acting like Marin did five years ago. We start today acting like Marin today, yeah. right? But that's not how Marin got to where he is, right? And 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 you're not maybe maybe it makes more sense to become an expert at how he got from where he was to where he is than to become an expert in where he is, right? So that's why it's like okay, I want to do a podcast. It's not like I'm going to be Mark fucking Marin, but I can do X. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think that's really liberating for me and for a lot of creative people that I know that I've talked shared with. Like that is just like it's just a little like trick, just a little trick that gets us thinking. That just because, dude, thinking about fucking Marin, all that is is thinking about fucking popularity, and I think popularity is a goddamn disease. It's what it's it's choking us. It's I think popularity is exactly the same thing as greed. Maybe right is something I've been thinking about. Greed. We know greed is bad. We know greed is bad. If you have money and you just want to hoard it and you want to get more money, like you know what it's like. Greediness looks like you're fucking the sheriff of Nottingham, right? That's greedy, right? I need m- more taxes from people. I want more. Um, we know greed is bad. I don't think we know that popularity is bad. I don't think we know that popularity is a drug yet. And I think popularity is a fucking bad drug. I think it is. I think and it, it's it it's used to it, it. It doesn't have. It's not morally. It's not good or bad, right? But in same thing with with having money. That's not good or bad, right? But greed is bad, right? Because greed is like, I'm taking from you now, right? Popularity, I think, is something, there's something, I don't know exactly what it is, but it shares a border with greed or it's got the same, uh, the same fucking, you know, chassis or something like that. It, and so when we look at Marin, what we're looking at is, is that's working in the world and I want those same results, right? We're not looking at like, what would it feel like to be on the mics with so-and-so and like do the thing and, and all that. Like, like, I feel like if you want to fast track success to success, you, you, you have to not need the results and just find, and, and, and be an extremely high performer about the thing that that work really is, right? So if it's doing a podcast, maybe it's the thing that that work really is, is booking guests and having conversations and you can't, and, and, and you just, you just turn fucking pro on that. Right, you read everything you can about it. You learn every. You you get in touch with Mark's guy to be like, how do you what, like how do you approach these people? What are the emails that you tend to send? Like what? Like you're just geeking out about about that, right? Because it's it's interesting and infatuating to you. You're curious about it, right? But you don't you don't you're not doing that to be successful. You're doing that because you love that thing. That's like nobody loves podcasting. Everybody maybe people love having conversations. Yeah. Maybe people love going deep and and getting thought provoking like honest, open-ended conversations um, going, right? That, and I think being honest with ourselves about what, what it is we actually do, I need to take my own advice on this. I wonder <laughs> what this looks like in my, in my life. The challenge, for me, I actually I have that, I'm, we have a platform, we have an audience, we have the tools to grow an audience, and if, you know, more, but we have a large audience already, so some of that stuff is baked in, um, and I, or I feel like I'm past it, but I'm not, I'm not at all. You know, not only do we have so much more to grow, but like, I got to find what I'm infatuated with, uh, and, and really go deep on that, you know, which I don't know. I think I'm infatuated with, 
with organizing um, organizing ideas to and stories and messages and, and illustrations to teach something really powerfully, you know. And I love that through a YouTube video. I love that through a YouTube video or a Facebook video. Quick, two to six minute, just like ba 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 ba. And I got you thinking the way that Alan Watts got me thinking. Hmm. You know, I got you thinking the way that Ram Dass got me feeling. You know, I like that. I just want to give that same feeling the way that Louis C.K. makes me feel like more comfortable and in, in my own skin. That's always what I used to say was like, what I really want to do is I just want to make people feel more comfortable in their own skin, more at home, sort of in their lives, uh, rather than like telling like, you really have to go do this thing to feel successful. You know, like I love that Louis does that for me. But what's fascinating is how you're using your growth over the past few years to change the way you would have probably recorded that same video like when you first started Fizzle. Yeah, yeah, it all, yeah definitely learning much more. Totally. Like about how, cause you know, and a lot of that has come from, from what I'm watching. Right. So like, I think we, I've talked to you before about the school of life videos, um, which is a YouTube channel called the school of life. And I just fucking love it. Yeah. Dude, I just fucking, I love it. I love it. And I've watched so many of those now that the style, I see what they're reaching for and not quite hitting. Right. And then I see what they, what, what they do hit. Right. And then I'm looking at, um, you know, whatever Bo Burnham doing, uh, Stand up, and I'm looking at um, the, this Noam Chomsky doc- documentary and how these expert expert filmmakers made this basically hour long. They call it a documentary, but it's really it's a it's a class. It's like a it's like a class, a very tight. It's like a listicle. It's it goes through ten you know elements of of X Y and Z, and and each one has its section, its beginning, middle, and end, and and its infographic and, and that kind of stuff, right? And I'm looking, at, so I'm always pulling apart, con- like that's that whole fabric of culture to me. Mm-hmm. Like I can't look at at someone like Beyonce without trying to like to see more to try to make sense of it, to see what she th- thinks she's doing. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what I'm always trying to see. Is I, I and I see that very clearly with like movie makers. Um, you know, what do they think they're doing? Um, because as a as a creator myself, like I. I know what I think I'm doing, but I don't necessarily know what the audience feels or how it's. So like when I see comments or shares on things like the anti-hustle video that I did on Facebook, I see people taking something different from it than what I thought I was doing. Right. And I'm wondering how many times I'm doing that to movies. And so I'm always trying to see what does the filmmaker think he's doing? And, and, and I, and I'm, that's why I just fucking, I love films so much because it, it's brutally easy to sit and watch a film for me. Like, I love it. I'm really, I really love it. It's not challenging. Um, actually, it, it is, it's, very, it's very engaging, though. You know, it's kind of challenging on that mental level because I'm always like going through all the... I, I, you know, full disclosure, like I totally fancy myself a filmmaker. And anybody who is a real filmmaker should just like find where I live and just shoot me for saying. <laughs> <clears throat> but at the same time, like, screw it. Like, th- this is... Uh, this is what it's like to, to you know, who I think of is the guy who did Boogie Nights, Paul Thomas Anderson. Yeah. Paul Thomas Anderson. Um, he was like an L.A. kid. Uh, his interview with Miriam was really good. He was like an L.A. kid, and he just kind of grew up, like, making, making movies on, on videos. I think I've got, I think I've got the, right, the right guy. Whoever it was, someone. But I think it was Paul Thomas Anderson. Who would just, and like, you could see... Um, yeah, I know it was because they have on YouTube, there's an example of their first one that they did or one of, one of the ones that they did where it was the story of Boogie Nights, but in like 25 minutes, you know, this porn star who's just like got this, 
dangling that everybody's like, well, damn. But like his fame gets to his head and like he's like a real pure dude, but like it goes wrong. Um, and he gets like a drug, addicted to drugs and shit. And so they did that on video, like on, on video, like a video camera for, you know, like a 20 minute little thing. Just a stupid little thing. Yeah. yeah, he's a real filmmaker now. You know what I mean? He's a he's one of the realest fucking filmmakers now. Right. So I can look at where he started. Right. I can totally look at where he yeah, started, why not? you know, um, and and I can and I like the idea of, uh, of, of going like, yeah, we think filmmaking is, we think, you know, in order to make a film. In order to be a filmmaker, in order to be a comedian, in order to be a something, something, you gotta be, you gotta do X or Y or Z. But all of that is fake, made up. You know, that's popularity. That's popularity, right? That's why you know, like the word artist is like a really scary word for me too. But I'm trying to just like, I'm just signing more of my work. I'm just signing more of my work because artist, fuck, fuck it, fuck, fuck that, fuck that shit. <laughs> art is, art is fooling around yeah. with ideas, and sometimes it makes really important statements. And some people have made their whole lives about making those important statements and that deserves to be honored but that doesn't mean that they get to corner the market on art it's you know I, it's, I mean? it's eye of the beholder type shit right i mean yeah and, i mean in some ways but in some ways i, I also see like there's definitely a hierarchy yeah, of quality of and i can look at that shit and i can go like damn you know and sometimes i don't get it and other people do and they're like you'll get it you'll get it like because i've been like that with ideas before well i'll be tripping on some idea um and going like, dude, this changes everything for me. And they're like, and like, someone's going like, yeah, maybe I don't know. I'm like, you'll get it, you'll get it eventually. Well, like, or either maybe, or, or maybe they never get it, and that yeah. message is meant only for you. Yeah, yeah, or or people with my deep rooted insecurity and, <laughs> and horniness or whatever. <laughs> well, they always say like, when do you become a writer? It's like when the, when you start fucking writing. Like that's mm-hmm. it. That's day one. The first time you write, you're a writer. Whether you're prolific, good, famous, infamous, whatever. I don't know. It just yeah. time will tell, right? But yeah, just, totally. You know, it's keep producing you want to be a filmmaker keep shooting videos shitty youtube videos and and that's why i think the the trick is like what what like like right like what do you really really what do you really enjoy what do you like fucking around with what do you like playing with if there was no audience like even like it's still kind of worth it yeah like that's a good way of putting it. if there's no audience even if there's no audience it's still kind of worth it like I, that's how i feel like with these cameras back here and and the lights and the ideas that i'm fucking around with you know what I mean? Like because I, I'm more. I'm not like making drama in any in any way, shape, or form. But I'm I'm making like <laughs> micro documentaries or or teaching films of some kind or whatever. Like I can think about it on a higher level than just like oh, I'm just promoting a blog post. You know? Because if like I like that. I like uh, I like when I get to to geek out and spend enough time on a thing to make it feel interesting to me. Like I know how low the the threshold is to make something that gets results right i know that really well and i still uh, i still am and and so because i've known that like that's fucked with me for the last few years um just like it's all about the results all about the results all about the result and it is because it's a business it's a business it is because it's the yeah, law but, of the that, but that doesn't mean that you can't take this like culmination of everything that you've learned up until this point and your insatiable desire to just be creative and produce something that has meaning yeah. while at the same time, even if it's like a subliminal underhanded way or in an entertaining way, you're delivering the message, but you're like, shit, if I'm going to spend half an hour to shoot a three minute video or two hours to shoot it, then let me just fucking make it the most yeah, honest totally. re- reflection of who, who I am and let it yeah. rub some people the wrong way. And you know what? You're not my audience. Bye. When it's not necessarily even like making it the most honest reflection of who I am, as much as it is just like, I got to find something in it that, that makes 
makes me feel like it's it's good. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yep. it's more than just good enough. It's it's also good. And you know, I think of uh one of my sort of like uh uh like I don't know, creative world heroes, James Victory. He says like when he's he's a graphic designer uh and an artist and he would get these client jobs and he's like, "Well, when I get a new client, my job is this. I lock myself in a room and I try to make myself laugh." <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And I love that. That's what it is. Like I'm, I'm looking for like what's funny in this to me, what's meaningful in this to me, what's honest in this to me. What is? It doesn't even have to be unique, but I feel like a lot of the things that I'm saying are kind of unique, even though I do any cursory historical review of what I'm talking about. Like, no, this shit's been said before. All of it, all of it. But it's not being said a lot right now, um, and. Uh, so I, I'm liking that. I'm liking playing with that, and I wish more people would make it, make uh, make time for them themselves to to geek out on stuff. Like I really geek out. I, I love watching Netflix. I like that. I love I love doing that. I really do. I feel like it's very edifying to me. There's a my guilty pleasure is Chef's Table right now. Oh Jesus Christ! Holy, Holy shit! Fuck Alinea! Oh my God! That I was one. Watching I was weeping. <laughs> I was weeping. <laughs> I was fucking crying. <laughs> I was like, my my jaw was open. Like season, t- as great as season one was. Like season two, uh, I was just like, I've only seen the first one so far. So. Oh my god! The, I was holding my son watching Alinea, that, just the, kind of like crying. Alinea is the, like, the Italian guy with the Parmigiano. No, no, he's the he's the first the first one okay. in Chicago oh, who yeah. has who who got uh, got the cancer and. Oh. Um, and his fucking restaurant is like an art gallery, and they oh man oh I just fucking love it so much. It is they're, fil- crazy. they're so crazy. It's and someone they they even said it themselves in the promo. It's not food porn. It's uh, culinary like sexual like sexuality like sensuousness. Yeah. Like it's not. Yeah. It's above that because it was like, and I sit there and I was like, if I could like do whatever I do like the way they, the way these chefs view the their art of like cooking. Yeah. But I here's my thing. I don't think it means to them what you think it means to them, right? I think to them they're in, they're they 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 just they're just fucking around. They love it. They yeah. just fucking love it. And maybe maybe they're getting high on some of the fame, on some of the notoriety. Maybe that's impacting things. Maybe. But I look at a lot of those guys and I just see kind of like a childlike fascination with food and with the experience of of the table, right? Of of communal like sort of eating and doing the things. And so I see, I think they're looking at things differently than how, because we, we look at that and we're just like, mind blown. What the fuck? I didn't even know you could do that. Because of where our perspective and our point of view, because we don't, we're not, we're not, we don't speak food yeah. like that. You know, the thing is like being a writer, like everybody can write, but not everybody looks at writing that way. Everybody can cook, but not everybody looks at cooking that way or has seen, I, that's why I like the Alinea guy so much. Because you're watching him just kind of geek out on stuff um, and work at different restaurants. And he was always experimenting. Yeah. He was always trying shit. He just couldn't. He like, once he realized it was, he talked about, you know, you, you, get, you get a pickle. This is from his, his, like, his crazy uncle. He could never tell if he was joking or not. You get a pickle and you wrap french fries around it. Yes. And you dip it. You dip it in, in like, I can't remember what, right? And, and he saw his uncle do that. And he was just like, he's fucking with me. He's fucking with me, right? And then, and he asked him about it, and then he did it, and he's like, why does this work? <gasps> and he was like, well, because you got the starch, you got the salty, you got the acidic, and the vinegar, you got this, and he said, in that moment, like, that was kind of like, I can, like, I'm seeing 
I, I, I like he, you know, and I've, I've had that moment where I'm realizing there's stuff that was just magic to me before. Yeah. But now I, I yeah, know, yeah. I know more. Totally. So that's what my hunch is. And that's why like, and I look at those chefs and I'm fucking like, I'm at the same time. I'm kind of like, dude, you guys are killing yourself. You know, like, oh yeah, the, the, like this way that, that, that I kind of look at Gary Vaynerchuk and I, I really have come to respect him even beyond the, the criticism that I that I have for, Hey man, you're not spending enough time with your family or whatever. But I love how he calls that out. And he's like, this is what I, this is my choice. You know, I haven't figured oh, yeah. out things with my family and I know exactly, I know exactly what I'm doing. Yeah. Don't fucking like, so don't talk about me that way. Right. But uh, make sure you fucking stop complaining about your life and what you, what you're not capable of doing. You know what I mean? It's so interesting that so many people like admire and like want to be him without understanding like what he's trying to teach you is how to be like your own version of you that he is. And it's yeah. not and it's not gonna be the fucking don't try to like shoot your videos on the street and curse and think you're gonna become like him because it he just like has this path and this DNA that got him there. Go be another personality that has that does something else that's audacious and bold and you know what he represents to me he represents to me the idea that the game is understandable like there's everything it's just a game it's all just a game and when you when you decide to play it instead of when you need to like what did i hear on let's say the the insolvable problem of trying to win without losing do you know what i mean like like you know where where it's like i want to play in a way that i couldn't lose but I also want to win. Do you know, do you know what I mean? <laughs> and I think there's something about Gary Vee that, that it's like he sees it all as a game. And he, he's, he's infatuated with it. He's infatuated and, and naturally curious about, about the market. About, and not, not, the, not the business market, but what people will go for. Do you know what I mean? About what people are honestly into clicking on, doing the thing. That's what I see in, in him. That's why the exploration of the different social medias and, and stuff like that. And why, he's kind of, why, why he goes kind of fluent in that. Because he realizes the differences in the audiences and those things, and the, and the differences in the expectations, the differences in the social norms. And I think, why does he see that? Because he's always seen that, and that's what made him a good marketer and, and creator in the first place, is that it's not, for him, it's not, about, it's not about proving to the world that he's an interesting, special little snowflake. That's what it is for me. That's what it's always been for me. For him and for Derek Halpern, who's got a similar makeup, it's not about that. It's, it's about... It's about, like, he just, he's, it's really fun to compete for him. My brother's like that. He loves to fucking compete because it turns him on. Like, he will, play, he, will, he will do much better when he's competing than when he's not. Whereas for me, like, I will do much better when nobody's watching. Much better, you know, um, depending on the, on the thing. So uh, that's interesting because are you saying, like, the way that you are in these videos uh, when you're recording them, that it would be much different if there was an audience there watching you? Yeah, uh, yeah. Because if you saw the process, if I showed you an unedited take of one of those, you'd go like, "Oh fuck, oh god, that, oh that's the one you went with." Got it. Whew. How long does this go? Do you know what I mean? That's what you'd see. In fact, that'd be funny. I, I would. I honestly, I'm, I'm really embarrassed to share one of those. Like, I probably should just to show what it's like. Because I'm working it all, I'm working it out. I'm figuring it out. I'm very few of them are, are scripted that much at all, um, and I'm I'm good like that. I like doing that. But yeah, I'm by myself, and I'm 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 really good at intuiting the audience at imagining.
imagining the audience is there. I'm great at that. For example, like Barrett always talked about how difficult it was for him to, to deliver a course or a video to camera. Yeah. But if there was like people in the room and he was on a stage, it'd be fine, you know? And I like, uh, I think that makes a lot of sense. For me, there's, no, there's not much of a difference. On stage, it's a different energy and I'm good at that too. Um, but I'd, I don't know if I can be great. That's why when I'm on stage, I'm always trying to make it less of a performance and more of, a, of a, an intimate moment, I, I, actually. But yeah. you, I get the feeling that you can't resist this aspect of performance. I mean, you, you can yeah. hear some fizzle episodes where you're just like, he's off. <laughs> See, it's like, off. And like, you're trying to reel you back it in. It happens really naturally because it, in some ways I'm kind of like a little... Uh, in some ways, I'm undisciplined. In other ways, I'm just like, fuck it. This is fun to me. Um, but like, it happens a lot in, in this conversation, right? A lot of intimate shit we're talking about, right? A lot of very vulnerable, intimate uh, stuff. And at the same time, I'm, I, I can just, I'm just giggling, you know, like going off on some other tangent or doing some little thing, some little tiny, like silly infatuation right next to like a really important, like life-changing one, right? To me, that I, I always, I always love that. I think that that's what keeps it really fun. Like I am good at going right from you know dick and fart jokes to like this is what it was like when my son died. Like I'm, I like I would I do both of those right, and they're not different to me. They're 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 on the same plane, uh, or on the same table, and everything's on the table. I love that because I long to be accepted so badly that that I've gotten really good at honesty and vulnerability, and out of out of a protection mechanism of going like, fuck you if you want to accept me over here with this. But that wasn't from a place of security. It was from a place of real need, you know, and an insecurity. So, but I think that's why I got so good at, at, at honesty and vulnerability because I, it was like a fucking drug to me. Um, and that's also why when, I used, when, I've, when I've done that in the past, it's been so tasteless, you know? There's been a lot of tastelessness over the past 20 years of my life. Just like reaching for uh, uh, like honest, authentic connection with people, but doing it in a very sort of like... I don't know, insecure way, hmm. you know, which is kind of a weird, it's very, it's very not, that is not a common story. Like you, the common story is like you're insecure so you don't reach out, you know? So I'm insecure so I do reach out. So the way that I reach out is normally it's weird and offensive. Do you um, remember like when, it, I mean, you're incredibly like open and vulnerable. I mean, on your blog, you know, you, some of the ice to the brim posts have been like incredibly like open <laughs> heart on your sleeve, like literally like, I, I don't know a lot of people that write like that, you know, mm. quite honestly. And it is just like powerful stuff. Um, and, I, you know, thousand times respect for like what you do, because it, it's like I feel like you're walking on a on a high wire when you, yeah, do, when, you kinda, do, yeah. when you do that. And I don't know if it gets easier or. Yeah. I mean, the thing to look at for me is like, that, that, OK, good example of like I'm the chef in Adelinia. Like to me, like. This is, I, I could, there's not a world in which I'm not doing this, yeah. right? There's not a world in which I can't do that or I'm not fighting when I'm not doing that. Whether it's easier, whether it's hard, like that's the, that's the thing. And so I could totally picture how looking at that, it looks like that's a big deal. It looks like that's been a real big fight. It looks like that's um, talent, you know what I mean? Or, some, or skill that I've developed. But it's not skill that I've developed. It's just raw natural talent. Like it's just always been in there. Um, and... So when you're, when you're saying these things, I'm kind of figuring, I'm trying to think through like, how do I say thanks for this? Do you know what I mean? But, but at the same time, I'm kind of like, like, no, he's, you're right. Like, that's, that's what I do. Like, that's it. That's what I do. That's it. And it's not, a, it's not, it's, it's interesting to me that it's a, that, um, 
because it isn't a big like I'm not famous like people don't know about me I hope that they do I want I would like to be famous like I, I ironically I can say all the things I think about popularity and I'm like I want to fucking play this game dude I want to play this game and I want to do it my way I want to do it with that vulnerability I want to do it with wisdom I want to do it with real spiritual wisdom you know and I, I'm one of all I would just be another you know notch on a, on a long <laughs> line of notches on a belt of like good people who tried to to change the world using the fucked up broken systems of the world um but i think i i can't help but but get but like try that you know yeah but to me that's that's um that's a very natural talent that i can't even take credit for you know like i i i'm like i'm i'm weirded out when people like i could do that immediately right off the cuff anytime yeah. but um do, so was there i mean do you recognize a moment where like you, you turned off you know the bullshit for lack of a better term and you said this is this is this is who i am or you kind of like you open to that yeah you know i think it was a very gradual thing it really was like i, I i've said before on on other interviews like uh and i I've, i basically find a way to put this into every single interview i used to be a big time jesus guy now jesus and i are seeing other people right um but in that jesus world there was a ton a ton of spiritual development, like a ton of really seeking out wisdom, of getting a sense for what wisdom really feels like, right? Much more, and, and, and so to me, it wasn't like, do this and you'll get into heaven. It was way beyond that. I was way into, I had great mentors, great like people who introduced me to the most amazing mystics and thinkers and honest, activated, engaged Christians throughout history, right? So I felt and still very much feel like I love that world of the good of the good of the, the good thread that goes throughout time on there. I also hate so much of it too, of of what it's become, you know, the Trumpification of Christianity hmm. over the past two hundred years or whatever, right? But at, at the same time I, I, I can I understand it. It makes sense. But in that world, in that like in that that was a lot of experience with this, right? of just realizing like there's no I don't know so so a lot a lot of it happened just gradually there learning how to win there where where you think you this would being like this or like that would make you win but then the win would wouldn't be a real victory at all and you'd real and you'd be like there's something so much more than than all of this stuff I'm working for there must be right and and so it was a lot of that you know where where it feels very much like where I am now where like the I'm just bored if I'm not like pursuing connection with this present moment somehow. You know, mm -hmm. I'm bored if I'm not in the fucking zone. Yeah. It's boring. It feels pointless, right? So it's it's been a lot of learning to trust that voice. And this this that what I just said right there, learning to trust this voice right now, like like finding that present moment, it, it, communing with the spirit of life or whatever the fuck I'm calling it right now. Uh, that's like language that's new in the last in the last few weeks. But I see very clearly the through line to weeks really yeah weeks wow. yeah absolutely weeks really but but it's also like the um clarification of stuff that i've been in for like probably the past eight months like just kind of gradually getting into it it's very much like kind of like a spiritual awakening for me because i've been i used to be really you know big time jesus guy and then I've, I've been pretty cool, like pretty too cool for school for like a while now, you know what I mean? And now I'm coming back into this world of like really feeling like, fuck, my life is really just not my own. 
Like I need to participate in life. And it's not just about being successful. It's about being, it's about dancing with this fucking sense of, of wonder that, that any of us exist at all. And the gratitude of like, how amazing is an orgasm? It's incredible. And we get to just have that, like whenever we want. Like arguably, whenever we want, we can just have an orgasm. And there's a big difference between good ones and bad ones, right? And so if you're going to have a good one, you got to really invest in this thing. You know what I mean? Sometimes you're just really surprised by like, damn, that was fucking good. I didn't even think about it. Like, but, you know, like when it was my wife, it was myself, like, like there's, there's, you're capable of having an amazing orgasm. I feel so fucking happy about that. <laughs> Like, so, like, actually, honestly grateful that that exists, that, that we can just have fucking electricity shooting through our entire body. You know what I mean? That that's, yeah. a, that's a feeling we're capable of having. Feels just like something I'm grateful for. I don't care who I'm grateful for. I don't know who I'm grateful to, right? Some general sense of, like, of, of life exploding ignorantly throughout the universe in these beautiful ways, like, without anyone at the helm of the boat or anything like that, right? Whatever. But, like, I want to participate in life. I want to participate in life. I don't want to participate in, in anything else. Like, that's, the, that's more fun to me than popularity and fame, than success, than, um, than anything uh, right now. And I, I'm, I, I love that because I can't really take credit for it. Like, I just, the door, like, feels like it's just been opened to me and I've been pulled in to this thing. Where, like, now that I've got a taste for it, I'm like, oh, fuck. Jesus, yeah. now I can't even go back to no, the you shit. Can't, you can't go back. No. You know? So, but, but it, it wavers. It wavers naturally, very easily. And like I said before, like it's kind of upheld in all of these little tiny decisions throughout the day. Like Miyagi, just like little tiny pruning of the bonsai. Little, like how I am to this person or that person or, or, or you know, how I respond to this email or that. And I love it, man, because I have been really trying to stay humane as my business is succeeding, and it's succeeding pretty good, but like not good enough. And I don't want to let my business partner down. I want to be a good teammate. I want to be a good husband. You know what I mean? I want to, I, like, there's a lot that I want to do, right? And, and I don't want to let any of those people down, right? And this is actually connecting me deeper to, to all of that stuff, even as it's giving me freedom from it. You know, even as it's like, because, yeah. because, you know, like for me, the depth of a relationship that I have with my, my wife right now is coming from a year and a half of therapy where I'm showing her the things like I don't really, didn't really feel safe showing before. You know what I mean? And then she's accepting me. And same thing for her. She's now an individual for me. She's not my wife. She's a very different person and with very different shit than me. Right. And yeah. I see that. The good, the good and the bad, and, and I'm accepting it. And she knows that I'm accepting it. And I, we have to tend that, fucking trim it little by little every single day. Um, and that is one of the more, like, it's crazy to me that that's become so exciting to me. I would have never dreamed that that would have been exciting. Never, ever in my life. Like, I was like, that's oh, just something you do, like, right? You, gotta, you, gotta, you don't want your life to be fucking shitty, so you do this stuff, right? But no, it's like, it's like the most exciting you have to figure out, like, how can we take this to the next level? How can it uh, mature? How can it grow? How can it, yeah. you know, evolve? It has to evolve. And, and this, I get the sense of, like, everything, like, moving higher and higher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I'm taking kundalini yoga now. So I'm like, maybe this concept is, like, re resonating with me. This just, like, yeah. elevating spirit. So, you know, I have intentions that I say every morning. 
And then one of them, I literally, I mean, I read them out loud every single morning. This is like yeah. long, it's like 10 minutes. But one phrase is, the only opportunity I have to give my love is now. I have only now to love everyone more. I have been given this opportunity on earth. May I utilize to the fullest the only time that I truly have the present moment. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. I, and it's so funny. Like, I, I read it every morning, Chase, and you know, four hours will go by and I just forgot like like what what totally. was in there <laughs> totally that's why like where why with my journey right now it's really it's like it's honestly there's something that feels very special about what you enjoy like just enjoy yourself and you won't be that far off from probably like a very kind of cool journey yeah you know just enjoy yourself Get out from the guilt. Get out from the uh, the guilt of like I'm not doing enough. Or if you have that feeling, you know, like the, 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 the mindfulness and the Buddha, the, the the meditation thing, mandatory, mandatory for this because that guilt, like, would a would a, a meditation teacher or a Buddhist would have you coach you through is something like, all right, let's let's really like hold that guilt. Let's look at it. Let's feel the texture of it. Let's see what it's like. Because once you notice it, it either it wants to dissolve. It wants to go away. Yeah. It wants to feel kind of silly that it was even there in the first place. But there's so, it's teaching you something. It's telling. There's a deep, deep wisdom in that. When your anxiety, you know, you got the anxiety going nuts, you know, and you're just like, I gotta breathe through this. Gotta breathe. Like it's something to, like it's something to survive through, instead of, uh, like, a, a person on the journey with you. Like it's a thing. Like so there's a really powerful thing that I heard a comedian Duncan Duncan Trussell say. I love Duncan Trussell. <laughs> who said, uh, and I've never really listened to much of him, but he was on a Pete Holmes show. Um, and yeah, I should listen to more. He's sort of a fucking mad hatter, isn't he? But he he said something about like, dude, your ego, your ego's a bouncer. Your ego's like a, a simple minded bouncer who just really wants to make sure that you're okay. Like really wants to fucking keep you safe. You know what I mean, and uh, you know, and, and I once I heard that, like it was like so fascinating because then I heard Elizabeth Gilbert talk about um, fear in a similar ways. Like me and creativity are going on a road trip, and fear because I have to. You're going to come along. I, I'll bring you with me everywhere I go. But here are the rules. All right, you can come along, but you can't touch the radio. You can't drive the car. You can't this, that, or the other. She talks about like before she's going up to do some speaking, she has to talk to fear on the side of the stage and go like, listen, I know you think I'm going to die right now. I know you think that I, like my body is in, like, like my life isn't physically like, like in danger. I'm not. I already know this. Like I've learned that I'm not in danger. Like I'm not actually in danger. Yeah. There's not a real danger yeah, yeah. here. So I'm going to leave you here and I'm going to go back and, I wanna, and then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come back after we, I speak and we can talk about it. You know what I mean? And I feel like there's something so powerful at looking at these emotions like that. Like with your anxiety, it's a, it's a person, it's a thing that really cares about you, really honestly cares about you, and there's so much deep wisdom that it, that it has to show you, right? To show you, like, why are you anxious? Because you care a fucking lot about this thing over here that you're not thinking about or yeah. that this whole situation calls it into question. And so when you just sit with it and, like, accept it and even, like, in, in the Buddhist tradition, there's this, some story about inviting the god Mara to tea. The Ma Mara is like this demon who's like chasing down Buddha or whatever, trying to get him, going all through the land, trying to find Buddha. And finally, he finds Buddha with some of his, you know, his disciples in, in some garden. They were tending the garden or whatever, and the disciples are like, oh, it's Mara! Oh, no! You know, and Buddha, like, gently, like, sort of walks over to Mara and invites him to tea. 
<laughs> you know what I mean? And yeah. it's that idea where it's like I just I I I've experienced things like that in in myself where once I just when I, when I stop running from these emotions and treating them as like the problem but look at them as helpers that are maybe misguided, you know what I mean? Or yeah. just like simple-minded. Or that serve um, the, a, a purpose for you in a more like unenlightened error or, you know, fight or flight or something. You know, we need fear to kick in at times and it's totally gonna, we, we fucking need it or else we die, right? Yeah, yeah, totally. I love that. So to me, that's been a really powerful journey uh, to, or, or not, not what, what I mean, fucking listen to me talk. It is a really powerful journey. Fuck me in the <laughs> face right now. <laughs> Uh, what I mean is that's been like a, a seriously useful tool in how I think about things when I'm, when I, it, the trick is always just noticing what you're feeling and like naming it anxiety or fear or yeah. guilt or, um, happiness even, or, um, satisfaction or, or whatever it is, just naming it and being with it and asking it what it has to tell you. Because you aren't the anxiety and you aren't the fear and you aren't even the satisfaction or the, or the happiness, right? You're, you're some, who knows where you are, right? No, nobody, nobody really knows where you are in the midst of all those emotions, you know, but, but you're somewhere kind of removed from them. You have a vantage point on them. And when you see that that way, I think they become really powerful allies, not, and that, so for me personally, for my wife, we both struggle with, you know, for me, it's mania and depression. For her, it's anxiety. For, for everybody I know, we're all fucking, we're always fucking with different stuff. You know what I mean? And so, so to be able to see those things as different, uh, as, as like, you know, as, thing, as an entity that cares about you, I think is really powerful, you know? Yeah. Wow. Um, Did, uh, should we start recording? <laughs> Oh man! I wanted to like make a joke about it early on. Like, do we is someone recording this right now? Because, but then I was like, we're just so used to just knowing. For most of us who have conversational podcasts, like, you're always recording. (laughs) It's always on. No, 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 it's always on, especially with you. (laughs) Well, I mean, that's a good of a place as any, I think, to yeah try to put a bow on this. It's a, it's almost like a a pushpin in the timeline of like our existence, right? Because there's no fucking bow there's no end mm. so i think this is a nice check-in it's a nice check-in bring, bring me back in another hundred episodes <laughs> <laughs> it's been, congratulations I, I, man yeah i i couldn't have think thought of any better way to celebrate um than to uh thank you for being you know coming on the show when there was no show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know yeah. how I convinced you to come on a, a non-existent... It was a long time ago. I don't do that kind of <laughs> shit anymore, Harry. That is fucking... I'm way too famous for that shit. I'm not very famous, but I'm too much, too fucking famous for that. <laughs> I'm kidding. I lured you in with the uh, the business card that was a cassette deck for this no you yeah no you DJ yeah thing. and we and we were talking about above and beyond yes. and shit. So yeah, yeah, you got me. I was like, all right, this kid, he deserves a chance. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, and I've looked for many opportunities to pay it forward as well. So um, I appreciate like your openness and as always. Uh, being friends with you is is, is really I, I love these conversations and we don't have a, a lot of them but I, I know that when we do that we connect and uh yeah man and you speak from the heart which is so so important and, yeah thanks so. i think you do too so thanks for uh doing what you do keep it up break a leg wow listening back to that brought back such a feeling of high energy 
and good times and laughter and connection that it was a reminder of the feeling I want to have every single time I talk to a podcast junkie's guest. So if you know someone (laughs) that can vibe on that level, let me know. I'm always interested in having interesting conversations. Life is too short to be sitting on your own show talking tactics that have nothing to do with your show that you don't care about and that there's plenty of out there already and you don't need to reinvent the wheel or ride this train that everyone else is. This is my show and I want to have fun doing it. If I sound a bit more hyperactive than normal, I think it's just a result and a function of how listening to this interview made me feel. And I challenge you to try to have one of these conversations that move you in whatever way that means for you every once in a while. Find people that challenge you to think differently, that inspire you to think about things you normally don't think about. And it doesn't have to be someone you talk to on a regular basis. If you only talk to them once a year or every 100 episodes, then maybe that's the distance and the time you need to have that conversation. I don't think there's much else I want to say except thank you for coming along with me on this journey, whether you started at number one or at 100. I truly and honor respect your time. You have the ability to choose from hundreds of thousands of podcasts at this point. And the fact that you're listening to me at this moment right now means the world to me. I don't have a show if there's no audience. As much as I think I'd like to sit in a room and talk to myself, it's so much more fun to engage with you. So thank you. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. And I'm hoping you'll join me for the next stage of our journey, season two, Podcast Junkies. And yes, there is a retention hashtag. Let's go with Chase100 at podcast underscore junkies at Chase underscore Reeves.